0: Welcome to the Single Model Leaders podcast, a show where I have real conversations with interesting people with fascinating minds. whose Tenacity and persistence have made them what they are today. Today, the role of an HR in organizations are no longer functional, but transformational. HR is involved in every business aspect and as a business partner. Today, my guest is Prachi Patwardhan Joshi, She's the founder of Ripple Solutions, an HR consultancy firm whose mission is to make things simple for the clients in the domain of end-to-end HR resources outsourcing, talent development, employee engagement, recruitment, and hiring, payroll, compliance, and automation. Founded in 2015 by Prachi, Ripple Solutions is now a trusted partner for 300 clients in nearly 30-plus different industries, and it just continues to grow. In 2019, Ripple was recognized as one of the top 10 HR startups in the HR services by Silicon India. Prachi is a real game-changer. Moving from an individual capacity for HR function to becoming an entrepreneur, she has taken the path less traveled taking together like-minded people as part of her team to don her flight as a founder of Ripple. She's fueled by a passion and her customer-centric approach is applauded by her clients through the testimonials they write for her. Ripple has been able to help clients reduce the HR cost between 25 to 42%, which speaks of her tenacity and perseverance at work. How she gets such incredible things done and how is she self-motivated is something we all want to learn. You are going to love her story. So let's get started. Raji, thanks for taking out time, chatting up with me today and also being my first guest on the podcast, which I'm so passionate about.
1: Great. Thank you so much, Harsha. Very, very happy to be here. And uh, super happy to be your first guest, looking forward. So coincidentally, this is my first uh, time as well, being a guest on the podcast. So I guess it's the first time for both of us, looking forward again.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, Prachi. So Prachi, uh, tell me something about your upbringing.
1: So Harsha, I belong to a middle-class Maharashtan family, born and brought up in Mumbai. Uh, I'm the only child, but unfortunately not a pampered one. Uh, My father is a Maharashtrian and my mom is a Marwadi. So actually, uh, if you look at it, it is a very rare combo that way. And imagine so many years ago, it was rarer back then. Uh, And I've been uh, glad that I got to see both the cultures very, very closely. I speak Marathi as well as I speak Marwadi. I love visiting Ganpati Kule as much as I like visiting Ajmer. I, you know, relish uh, uh, modak and puran poli as well as dal and gatte ki sabji. Also, it's a very lethal combo because the uh, Marwadi community is uh, generally known as a business uh, community, unlike Maharashtrians. But in my case, uh, even my dad was uh, in business. As in in uh, his later part of the career, he was in business. So I have had a background of that as well. Besides this, I grew up in a very, very cosmopolitan environment with friends across all the religions, all socio-economic stratas. So as kids, we celebrated all the festivals with same vigor like Diwali, Eid, Christmas, uh, New New Year's, even the Parsi New Year, everything. So, you know, that cosmoculture was a very, very essential part of my upbringing. I did my schooling uh, from a very regular and a humble school called as Utkarsh Mandir in Malad with extremely grounded, passionate and solid teaching staff that really helped building the foundation. Post that, uh, I went on to doing my masters uh, in human resources, and I'm also a certified trainer. So yeah, that is a little snippet on the upbringing.
0: Fantastic. So that sorts a lot of, um, you know, answers also, um, Prachi, because, um, you know, you have, you, know, you have a gene of um, Marwadi family, and more importantly, uh, your father was also uh, into active business, and I'm sure you've seen him and learned a lot from him, and that's how your entrepreneurial journey also, um, you know, is flourishing. Absolutely, Harsha. So, uh, so Prachi, how did your journey of being an entrepreneur start? Because I, I believe then um, when we both were associated with Reliance Media Works um, mm-hmm. and you, you know, I think you spent about five years in Reliance? More than that. I think eight. 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 And, and you rose up to become a divisional head. And divisional heads are a big thing in Reliance at those days. And yes, um, they, they used to be. yes. Absolutely. And so... You were at the helm of that, you, you were scaling great heights in your own work, but what made you get into the journey of being an entrepreneur and starting Drupal?
1: Right. So as you mentioned that a little bit of answer lies in my parenting and my upbringing. Uh, so I am a half Marwadi. So like I said, that some, some things are in the blood. Uh, my father uh, was a businessman himself. Uh, So, you know, so I got it from both my parents, I would say, more from my dad, because uh, he uh, also left a very successful career. He was uh, with the Taj, with Tatas, with Indian hotels. So he also uh, left a high-flying job to start his own organization, uh, start his own company. So as a child, I have seen, I have seen how businesses are made or, you know, I've seen my dad work harder. As a uh, uh, as an entrepreneur, as compared to uh, you know as a serviceman. Uh so I always knew that it is not going to be like a, a uh, like an easy uh, thing to do. At the same time, I was not alien to the concept. Uh, also, you mentioned Reliance. So during my very first interview in Reliance. Uh, When I was applying for a trainee, okay, that's when I joined Reliance and I grew up to be a divisional head in the same organization. So, when I was giving an interview uh, as a trainee, uh, I was asked the most legendary question So, where do you see yourself five years from now? So, I was like, and I didn't know, I didn't know the right answers at that time, so I gave the honest one. So, I said, Okay, five years from now, I don't see myself working in your organization. I would actually be, <laughs> I would be doing something on my own because ultimately that's what I want to do. And my the then boss, uh, he told me later that, you know what, you're honest. I liked your answer. And if you really think that you are going to be doing something on your own, I would love to be your first boss in that case. And he kind of hired me for, for that. It was like that it was nice. It was good to have a different perspective. Um, and uh, I then went on to... Uh, have a very nice and progressive career with Reliance. Um, Eight years, as I mentioned. So um, I think that somewhere during the journey, I had settled and I had liked that how the career was shaping up. It was a very high-flying, challenging uh, 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 life. Uh, And I kind of liked it. Maybe somewhere I forgot that five-year answer. And uh, I was uh, enjoying the perks of being... uh, the divisional head of HR, handling multiple divisions, multiple people, traveling and all that. But then things, uh, there are different plans. So I uh, was about to start a family. And my job was so hectic that, uh, you know, it wasn't possible for me to continue um, uh, with, uh, 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 you know, while uh, uh, preparing for the baby. So I decided that okay let me take a break let me you know I don't want to do anything from one for for one full year because as it is I had a very long career stage with Reliance 8 years 7 years I had just worked so I said okay one year I don't want to do anything I will just concentrate on being uh, a mom and I'll just focus on uh, my daughter so that was the plan again it did not go as planned so the baby did happen but the break didn't while I was at home and uh, uh, I was enjoying my break time and being lazy. Uh, the friends and acquaintances started calling me that, hey, you are uh, now at home. So why don't you help uh, us Do set up our HR department, do our trainings, do the policies, things like that. And I was like, sitting at home is also not me. So I thought that, okay, good. Uh, you know, I'm not good opportunity. So I started, I started taking up projects. I started taking up assignments and slowly and steadily the stream of uh, work coming in uh, started increasing so I thought that why not do it more professionally why not do it uh, you know why not do it in a uh, in a more professional manner and that is how I think the journey of being an entrepreneur started it was still at the nascent stage but that was the uh, that, that is how it began
0: great great so um, so Prachi what does this word ripple mean and what's the culture purpose and value of ripple when you uh, you know when you've set out to uh, get in, you know of becoming an entrepreneur
1: right so when you become an entrepreneur and when you uh, decide a name for your company and when you go to register it when you go to obtain a trademark for it sometimes or most times you realize that the name you want is already taken. Already taken. Because there are so many trademarks registered already that, uh, you know, most of the best ones or I don't mind it, mean, most of the common ones, I would say, are you would realize that, okay, that's gone. So that happened with me as well. My first choice was gone. So was my second and my third choice. And today I'm happy that that happened because then it got us thinking that actually, okay, now what is it? What should we come up with? Um, so this name is, uh, you know, me and my husband both have sat together and thought about it. okay, So uh, we, we uh, you know, we like the uh, word ripple, okay. Ripple has a very uh, progressive and a very positive meaning to it. That you throw a small stone in water and the ripples uh, that are created, Right. Uh, that that travel a very large part. So the circumference of a ripple is also huge as compared to the size of the stone. So it is the most progressive word. It is the most positive word. It resonates growth. So we, uh, you know, I thought that okay, why not call it ripple? It is an amalgamation of HR and people, okay. and it is such a progressive word in itself. So that is how the word ripple was born.
0: So you mean to say HR in the word is, you know, human resources and PPLE is people. People, people. yes.
1: Yeah.
0: That's great. So I, I completely echo with that because when I started, I wanted to start my podcast and I was finalizing mm-hmm. on the name. <clears throat> I had, I had a list of like 15, 16 names. And um, then I started looking, you know, when, when um, I was looking at the names and all the names are already taken, you know. So I was left only with, you know, uh, about three or four. And then uh, then I had to put in a lot of thought when I came up with single malt leaders, because as soon as you say single malt, you always think about whiskey. Okay. But people (laughs) understand that single malts are very rare and they're very expensive because it's aged for a very long time, just like our leaders do. They are tenured, they age, and they come up with a lot of experience. So then, you know, I thought, how do I put it across to people? Because people might perceive or they might think about Single Malt Leaders as another show. Then I said, okay, then um, that is the reason every time I make it a point that I, I explain what Single Malt and why is it with leaders. So Single Malt Leaders is all about a leadership platform. So great. Awesome. So um, um, Prachi, what is what is the culture of your firm? And what is the main purpose of Ripple and What is the inert value of Ripple that you've created?
1: So basically at Ripple, we believe in uh, making the life of our uh, clients um, productive and profitable. At the same time, we like to keep it simple. Most of our solutions or most of our strategies are uh, are based on simplicity. Okay. So techniques that can be applied, techniques that can be used in uh, real life by anyone and everyone. You don't need a consultant every day to come in and do things for you. So, that is what we believe in. Uh, so, basically, we believe in clearing the clutter so that the clarity can prevail. That is something that we wish to do for our client organizations, which leads to, uh, you know, adding uh, uh, or basically reducing cost or adding to profitability at the same time while delivering HR, employee engagement, training, hiring. Uh, recruitment or any kind of uh, 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 talent-related services. This is what we keep in mind that we don't want to keep things complex. We want to keep it simple for them. Uh, we, we focus a lot on organizations that are on their growth phase and the companies that want to focus on their core business. Um, so, you know, they want some strong uh, HR partners who can take care of the entire talent management um, and help the business leaders do what they are meant, uh, you know, or do what they are into the business for doing, you know. So uh, that is what we keep in mind at Ripple. That uh, uh, that this is this should be what we are uh, focusing at. Uh, also, uh, internal culture, or inter- internal, uh, you know, team culture at Ripple is very, very fun, flexible, vibrant, uh, young. I just don't mean the age of the people who are associated with us because we have people from different age groups, right? But they all are young, extremely colorful. Uh, our office uh, has all the colors. So if you see the pictures of our office, they are the, uh, the entire office is done and painted by our team. And it has all the colors. So you name a color, and every color is available, right? From a yellow to a red to a purple to a orange to a black or brown, blue, green, everything. Awesome. So you know awesome. that is that is an amalgamation of all, uh, all, all values, all beliefs. So we really want to keep it that way. You know, we want to keep it as vibrant as we are. And everybody who visits our office, they all say that, oh wow, this is such a cozy place. And uh, believe me, during the lockdown also, I mean, I know so many uh, uh, companies whose employees wanted to run away from their office. Touch wood, but my team they kept requesting that, "Hey, office color, why are you open? Why are you keeping it shut? You know, we want to, uh, we want to come, keep it open." And they actually did visit at least once in a week. But it is our happy space. Um, It is everyone's happy space. This this gives us relief, rather than, uh, so this was my thought, Harsha, when I wanted to, you know, when I uh, wanted to build an organization, I was like, I don't want to build a comp- organization, I don't want to build like a, a you know, watertight culture. I want to keep it flexible, because we are not uh, making a school, okay? Nobody is a, a school teacher here. We do not have the system of counted leaves, uh, it's open, you know, unlimited leaves. But people are so responsible that that builds in the responsibility, right? So we do not count working hours, we do not count, uh, we do not count number of leaves, uh, but we have people working for the maximum hours and maximum days. So that is what we have uh, luckily been able to create and uh, continue to keep it the same way.
0: Brilliant, brilliant, Prachi, because you know, when the entire team gets together and, you know, builds a place, they get so emotionally yeah. attached to that place. It's like a second home for them. And I think, um, yeah, and when when your employees truly feel their office very cozy and there's a second home, I think it's a it's already a win situation for you and for them as well. Bravo, bravo. Excellent. Absolutely. So Prachi, you have a very solid family and you're married for 15 years now. Oh, 15 is a long, long time. How did it help you grow professionally? And what support did you get from your spouse and your kid? Right.
1: So it is mostly believed or seen that a woman's career takes a backseat or in some cases it unfortunately ends after she gets a child or after she gets married. In my case, my life as entrepreneur started because I became a mother. So my daughter is the reason why I'm an I'm an entrepreneur today, right? So if she wasn't uh, born, I would have continued working as a professional because I got a break in my service and because I had such a strong reason as my daughter, I actually thought differently, and that's the reason why I'm here. So the entire credit goes to her. And uh, uh, the kids, I believe that you know we tend to. Uh, we tend to put a lot of uh, the excuses on them that, oh, I'm not able to work because I have a, a small child, right. or, you know, I'm not able to do it because my kids are small and things like that. They are the most adoptive uh, or adaptive uh, people around, right? So, my daughter, right. I mean, she has been so lovely all throughout. Uh, and today, she is uh, a 10 year old uh, girl extremely on her own, manages everything um, on her own. I am pretty much, I'm sorted as a mother. I'm sorted because I think we grew up together. We grew together. Like, I don't know. I mean, my entrepreneurial journey and her growth, both have, they have happened together. We went hand in hand. We learned. We have had our lessons. So I've also learned that as a mother, I have to stop somewhere feeling guilty at all the times i have to or i have to stop expecting too much from myself as a mother as a wife as a daughter as a professional sometimes it is okay sometimes it is okay to settle you know i am not saying do a mediocre job but i'm say, i'm saying that women tend to put too much pressure on themselves in the professional life that they uh, in their personal life sorry that they you know but that that some, sometimes tends to break them but that can actually become their energy. So that is what has happened in my case. Uh, my husband has been extremely supportive. He is um, he is a media professional himself, okay. and uh, and I turn to him for any kind of um, you know any kind of professional advice or any kind of conversations that we need to have, any kind of ideas that we need to share. That comes in. Super handy. My in-laws—they have been extremely supportive, and my parents. So, uh, like I said, uh, you know, my dad uh, is an inspiration. I uh, lost him in 2020, uh, uh, unfortunately, but um, that was a huge loss because for me, everything—everything uh, everything ended or began with discussing it with dad uh, and taking his opinion. So um, having that kind of someone to confide in is a very uh, strong support, I would say. And uh, that helps, that helps a lot. So yeah, everybody, my mom, everyone in my family, all of them have been supportive. They've really played a huge
0: role. Excellent. So sorry to hear about your dad, uh, Prachi. I think wherever he is right now, I'm sure his blessings will always be there on you and your family. and also Prachi would it be good if you can say that behind you being a successful entrepreneur there is your husband who's very strong and supportive right? Yeah. And I think um, and I echo with what you have said uh, Prachi that kids are the most adoptive people I mean at that particular age they really get adopted um, very quickly and I think that's the inert nature of kids because you know they don't have an opinion about themselves, they're still growing. So they'll be easily molded and they're adaptive. And that's, I think Mm -hmm. it's a very, very, um, um, a very, very, very valid point actually. Great. So um, Prachee, did you ever face a failure? I mean, what is failure to you? And can you take us through any time or a situation where you failed and you gained a lot of perspective?
1: Yes. So failure uh, for me is, like you said, it is a perspective. It is an opportunity uh, that, you know, you get to do something differently, Uh, right? So, uh, you know, uh, I would like to share a couple of uh, my failures. In fact, uh, the first uh, business uh, or the first uh, product that I had launched under the name of Ripple was a failure, was a complete failure. Okay. okay, so it was an HRIS software uh, which I had built along with, uh, you know, I had uh, an IT uh, partner and a team working on it, and we had spent around uh, uh, around one and a half year designing the interface uh, or building the software or making it uh, go live, uh, you know, uh, doing putting some kind of data and. Uh, uh, it was even installed at a couple of organizations. It worked well. It worked well. But then I realized that, okay, maybe this market is not right because the time uh, during which I was doing it, there was a lot of influx of these HRIS products or HRIS systems in the market. Most of them were even available for, uh, you know, very little cost some of them were even available for free. Today, if you see that space is extremely crowded. And I decided that maybe this is not, uh, this is not, uh, you know, something that I should be uh, going ahead with, because, uh, you know, that uh, did not give me that kind of uh, comfort. Uh, So first two years of what I did, um, I would say that, uh, uh, you know, they were, they didn't do much in terms of adding any kind of profitability or adding any kind of revenue or any kind of uh, anything, any any commercial uh, uh, wealth to Ripple Solutions, it was zilch. So I said, okay, let me restart. Let me do something else. So I scrapped this product and I focused on uh, what was going well, what was going right, which was consulting for HR. Consulting for smaller growing firms, consulting for startups, uh, you know, or uh, larger organizations who have their HR departments, but they want uh, an HR consultant or an outsider for things that are best done by an outsider, because we come with zero bias. So I focused on this. And then there comes another failure, right? So I had decided that, okay, I just want to do strategic HR. This is going good. And I want to stick to this. I don't want to do recruitment at all. Then I realized that, hey, you know, any company can survive without policy, but no company can survive without people. So if I'm saying that I don't want to do recruitment and I'm an HR professional, then I'm doing something wrong. So let me relook at it. So I started another, uh, you know, I kept this, I kept the consulting, I kept the strategic HR and I added the recruitment wing as well today recruitment contributes uh, to more than 60% of our business revenue 60 to 70% and uh, you know all our talent consultants whether they are hiring people or whether they are uh, engaging people in other uh, ways or uh, in other means they uh, they get to experience different industries at one time thanks to our recruitment solutions so uh, you know that is how uh, I was able to deal with my failures. But yes, failures are inevitable. Uh, what is most important is, uh, is to get up and get going and make something out of those.
0: True, true. I think um, early failures also are good at times because they, you know, yes. they give you a lot of scope um, to introspect and then you know, come up with something new and keep going ahead. I think that that's something. So Prachi, here I would like to ask you another question. In today's scenario, when you say 60% of your revenues are coming from recruitment, but there are also companies today where they hire an ATS system, the applicant tracking systems, which are automated. So what is your take on that? I mean, do you think that ATSs are important? Is it necessary? Or is it the classical way of doing HR where the candidate sends you the CVs, you, you filter the CVs, you go through all the CVs, filter them, and then you do a one-on-one um, discussions with them.
1: Correct. so I uh, see is good. And uh, in a way, that is the way forward also. However, people want human touch. They want to talk to a person when it comes to a decision regarding their job change, when it comes to knowing about a company when it comes to uh, taking a call on whether I should join this organization and quit my own. They want to have a human connect. They want to talk to an individual or they want to discuss some things. Uh, Also, it is very important The companies also want a recruiter's input. So basically, a good talent consultant or a good recruiter's job is not to just share uh, resources or not to just share profiles that any portal can do for you. But what the companies are expecting out of good recruiters is that they are able to share perspectives, uh, because there are so many unsaid or unwritten softer things in a job description. If you are able to read through that, that is where your success as a recruiter comes. And no ATS will be able to, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, be a substitute for that. So companies actually want our perspective. If we say that okay, these are five resumes that we are giving you. But as a recruiter, I think these two are the ones that you should go for. Then they value it. They want it. That is where our value audition comes in uh, the place. Uh, And even candidates respect that.
0: Fantastic. I think um, a a separate podcast can be made with you on on typically on HR functionalities and what is happening in the current market and how it needs to be dealt with. Uh, And definitely I will come back to you uh, on that. So, um, Prachi, you've you've quoted yourself with a lot of big aha moments. How did you build mm-hmm. self awareness and uh, made sure you follow follow your joy?
1: So, Harsha, I believe in celebrating smaller wins. Okay, uh, I uh, uh, really like to have smaller milestones. I uh, like to build, uh, you know, uh, small things that my team can also see, and we have a vision too. And we get to celebrate every now and then. That is, uh, that is, you know, I mean, that is by design. I have kept it that way because I feel that uh, uh, people can't be, uh, uh, you know, be, uh, people. need those smaller aha moments also. Uh, yeah. So uh, at uh, at Ripple, we uh, believe in having uh, very, very, very bite-sized, tangible uh, goals which we see that okay every two months we are achieving something it could be it could be tiny it could be minuscule but the joy of you know releasing a new product or acquiring a new client right. or hitting a new 100 uh, uh, you know uh, uh, invoice uh, all those things we want uh, uh, we want to grab and even if we are celebrating with a uh, vada Power party we want to make a big deal about it so i think that that uh, so i'm equally excited uh, uh, to rope in a new big client uh, at the same time i'm equally excited when we win an award at the same time you know uh, uh, when we close a position or when we when we have a recruitment closure everything is worth a celebration i feel because you know i i totally believe that i'm a person who lives in the moment and uh, that that that
0: uh, that comes in handy most of the time excellent excellent you've reminded me of vada pav parties and <laughs> it takes me back to the reliance days where you know <laughs> we often used to have these uh, you know jumbo king vada pavs coming in yeah. right from this, know, you know in front legendary. of the solitaire <laughs> park <laughs> So that, that's great, actually. It's nice to recollect the old old memory. See,
1: sometimes what you remember are the smaller wins, actually. <laughs>
0: True. Absolutely. Actually. So Prachi, uh, how do you prioritize your mental health at work? And uh, have you set boundaries for you and your team to create a healthy work-life balance?
1: Yeah, this is a very important question, Harsha. And, uh, you know, especially in the current times, uh, uh amidst and uh, uh post pandemic i think pandemic has taught us a lot it we all have uh learned uh that you know there is there can be a better perspective of looking at uh how uh how people can work so um at ripple uh work-life balance not only for me but for all our team members is Important, and we uh, and we take it very very seriously. That does not mean that we do not uh, uh, work according to our deadlines. That does not mean that we work less. However, uh, you know what we do is we uh, give ample flexibility. We uh, let people choose. We let people choose their work days. We let people choose their working hours we allow them to work uh, from home we have started working from office uh, three days in a week and uh, remaining two days uh, everybody can work from home except for me because you know i um, i like to work from office all five days in a week um, however uh, that that really helps you know that really helps and we have decided that we will stick to this pattern we uh, we don't think that we are going back to uh, uh, having to come to office all days in a week Uh, So that uh, will, uh, you know, allow our team to uh, choose how they want to add other elements in their life as well. Uh, Also, uh, you know, we uh, try and uh, uh, take care of uh, uh, a lot of stress that arises out of lack of planning and lack of organization. Because I feel that, you know, most of the times uh, that, uh, you know, you experience work stress because you're, not anticipated uh, things because you have not uh, planned for those Uh, or a lot of uh, people get Monday morning blues or Monday blues. Uh, Trust me, if, uh, you know, and I have been using this, I'm an avid follower of making to-do lists or, you know, I'm a little old school, so I believe in writing them down. And a trick that works for me personally and for uh, our team members is that if you spend 10 to 15 minutes on a Sunday evening, Um, making your to-do list or trying to anticipate how your Monday looks, you will actually not go through those those bad blues. Uh, So these are some things that we try to follow. These are some things that I do myself. And um, uh, some other things uh, is that we really take uh, leaves of people very, very seriously. If somebody says that that person is on leave, Uh, we fiercely protect that person and that person's privacy, okay? So uh, nobody from the team will message until it is like a top priority or nobody would let anyone uh, also disturb that person and they will shield that person for that time. That, okay, so-and-so is on leave and I'm available for this time. So talk to me. Unless we have to reach out to those people because otherwise we hear that even if, you know, especially now, Uh, after that work and uh, uh, you know uh, workspace and homes have become one thing people say that being on leave and being at work actually doesn't uh, make any difference so we try to protect our people we try to shield their privacy and uh, we believe and we work in such a flexible atmosphere that we do not count anyone's leaves Uh, we do not count anyone's uh, number of working hours or anything like that but still, I have people clocking in maximum hours, people working in maximum days. So I think um, letting people choose and having them, uh, you know, keep their freedom actually helps, yeah, with uh, having that balance.
0: Excellent, excellent. I think I, I resonate with the uh, with you making the to-do list. I think even I do that. Uh, but I, I I've moved away from writing on a pen and paper and I have an app called Todoist and it works yeah, yeah. Wonders because throughout the day, I keep getting some thoughts that, you know, I have to do this and I have this habit of forgetting things that, you know, if I don't write it down somewhere, so immediately I put it into the, into the app. And then at the Great. start of the day, I take out the big rocks from that and I just attack it. I think that Absolutely. works wonders for me. And, and that is going to come up, uh, in, you know, in my next weekly episode on procrastination as well. Great. So, uh, Prachi, apart from the company that you have created, is there any other career risk that you have taken and uh, it did work out or didn't work out?
1: Apart from Ripple, um, I have not been fortunate enough uh, uh, to take any other career risk. But uh, I would like to, I mean, you know, I would love to. Now that I have created Ripple Solutions and it has, uh, you know, it, it is uh, kind of working on an autopilot mode and we wish to grow. We wish to grow. The aim is to have and to um, enhance the team. Uh, the first uh, milestone is 50 people and followed by uh, the next milestone, which is at 100. Okay. But I wish to really, uh, you know, get into some other uh, uh, other business venture also. So I am not done with career risks as yet. I would love to take them.
0: Okay, that's great. That's great. So uh, Prachi, when we were earlier talking about um, work-life balance, as an individual, not as a professional, Prachi, you as an individual, um, what does work-life balance mean to you? And what do you do to maintain it in a healthy state? So to me,
1: individually, work-life balance means uh, that being able to do a great job in the office, be going home and being able to play with my daughter, Netflix with my husband, chit-chat with my friends, go out, party, travel. Being able to do all this and being able to work well along with all this is work-life balance for me. So uh, if I was to define, uh, you know, not feeling deprived, is something that a good work-life balance should do for you if you are feeling deprived of anything that oh i'm not able to do this then maybe you need to relook at some bits of what you're
0: doing true 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 i think that's a genuine thing feeling deprived true very very valid point actually so um um prachi there's something called as imposter syndrome so how Mm -hmm. do you navigate self-doubt, and your own inner self-critique?
1: Right. So uh, imposter syndrome, I don't think that I have uh, um, I have faced an imposter syndrome as such because uh, we try to keep everything extremely fair, extremely open, extremely transparent, even when it comes to the finances and the commercials. Uh, or the commercial vision, not only for me, but for everyone in the organization, they also clearly know how their quarter will look like in terms of monies. So, you know, that has been extremely uh, openly and fairly maintained. Uh, when it comes to self-doubt or, uh, you know, uh, uh, being uh, uh, my own uh, uh, critique or feeling uh, that, okay, uh, whether what I'm doing is right or no, I feel that I'm blessed to be a very confident person. I I, um, I do take larger decisions pretty well. Uh, I mean, smaller decisions, yes, I may feel a little, uh, okay, I'm going to wear a blue shirt a red shirt, penne, sure. but uh, whether should I launch a new product or service or no, this is something that I will be very, uh, you know, um, happy uh, with that. Okay, let's do it. Let, let, let's see how it, how, how it works. However... Um, Uh, you know, what what helps and what works for me is talking uh, to friends or talking to somebody who truly believes in you or talking to somebody in whom you truly believe uh, that may not necessarily be your family or may not necessarily be your parent or your spouse, but somebody who is, you know, absolutely non-judgmental for you, has been there like a rock for you, Or friends or having a good set of people with whom you can just go vent, talk about anything and you know that you will get brutally honest advice or brutally honest fact. They will show you the mirror and they will not really, you know, make you look outside the window. That helps. That really immensely helps me with the self-doubt bit.
0: Wonderful. Or whenever right. I am,
1: yeah, confused. Wonderful, because I
0: completely agree with that aspect of <clears throat> having the ecosystem of having a very close knit friend circle um, who are really non-judgmental and are brutally honest. You know, they'll be your um, staunch supporters and yet your fiercest critique. I think that's what they are. And I have my own uh, set of childhood friends. We are five of us, and. Um, You know, though we stay in different parts of the city, we make it a point that every month on a fourth Sunday, we make it a point that we all meet uh, from morning till night. We spend the entire time and, you know, once in six months we go out for a two to three days of uh, holiday also. And and that I think that is very, very essential to keep you sane, uh, to keep you in the right frame of mind. And, And everybody discusses whatever they want to discuss, which they cannot with, you know, any others. And I think uh, having that is uh, very much uh, necessary. Yes, very true. 100%, 100%.
1: That's a big support system, Harsha. Absolutely.
0: You completely get, you know, once you are, you meet them and you come back, you 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 feel regenerated, you feel refreshed. You feel, you feel alive. Yeah, yeah, actually, actually. So uh, Prachi, do you, um, you advocate financial independence in women. Why do you think it's necessary? And how does it help? self and family
1: it is extremely necessary because uh, for the very simple and only reason that women tend to live longer than their counterparts <laughs> so the wives are going to live la- longer than husbands and this is uh, you know uh, it's a it's a research it's a proven fact uh, uh, that uh, you know we will be uh, the ones who will be left alone during our uh, old age. And uh, this uh, is something uh, which we need to accept and which we need to know that, okay, this might happen. So, better start now, better start knowing the finances now. I understand that it's a dry subject. It's not as interesting as your uh, movies or, you know, as fashion would be. But unfortunately, it is something that we need to uh, uh, focus on. It is something that we need to know. Uh, because we don't want to uh, be ignorant at the time we are, uh, we'll be vulnerable, right? So uh, I feel it is extremely important for women, especially because they have been doing it for ages. The best financial planners, in fact, are housewives. It's just that they do not know how to apply it. They do not know how to apply it to, uh, uh, uh or they do not have a jargon for it, but they are very good at it, anyways. So why not just put in a little bit of effort and uh, do it firsthand yourself?
0: True, true, true. I think also having um, financial literacy from a young age also helps because none of us we really had you know the financial literacy at that age. Otherwise, we would have known you know um, how do we save and how do we be financially uh strong right from a young age or from the days when we have started. Usually when we start working and we see <clears throat> money in our hands, um mm-hmm. we tend to be very happy and we tend to spend it on ourselves buying clothes, by you know going out and you know eating out, spending on movies and etc 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 but there definitely needs that you know because of course once a person starts working that means he's coming from a place where he used to get his regular pocket money and that used to be limited nice. and now he has nice. an independence that he's earning his own money but at that particular point of time having a little financial literacy i think would take um every every person who's working um to be more successful and also have a stable retirement i think that is very necessary and i just hope i just hope that you know, our kids also would start getting that formal financial literacy or that formal education right from the young age so that, you know, it'll be great. Though, of course, we are there to tell, but a formal education will always help.
1: Absolutely. So very interestingly, Harsha, in financial uh, terms or in financial literacy, retirement is said to be attained when you have earned more than what you need to survive or sustain. True. that is when a person is said to have financially retired okay True. so uh, when it comes to uh, financial literacy actually more than education what is more necessary is awareness uh, because once you're aware and once you know that okay this is for me and i need it you will educate yourself because that is something which is different for everyone my financial needs will be different than your financial needs and one uh, you know one solution doesn't fit all here so what you need to do or what we need to do is make people aware and again, let them choose what is the best for them. So uh, I feel, yeah, I feel that uh, uh, that works uh, for women also that, you know, they should be made aware that one is why, why is it important? And second is not, uh, this is not something which is difficult. It is easy. Most of us do not really look at it because we think it is complex. It's not, it's difficult. It's not interesting. And, you know, it's not for me. So that is something that that's a mindset which needs to be taken care of.
0: Exactly. I echo, I echo completely. So, uh, Prachi, what are the top three challenges that professionally women face today? And what should Mm -hmm. uh, they do to fight it?
1: Okay. I don't have top three challenges. Um, I would uh, like to simply state that uh, the most, uh, uh, you know, uh, the most challenging thing is that uh, for some reason, and I don't know why it is like this, but people tend to judge women a lot more than they judge a man. You know, so uh, uh, especially when it comes to the entrepreneurial arena. People would have and may will make a lot of judgmental uh, thinking that oh she's married oh she's single oh she's a mother oh she's not so if, even if you are uh, you are not a mother they would say that oh then she will be a mother soon then what will happen to her business oh she's young she's old so every type of judgmental uh, you know uh, uh, behavior is a little more stronger when it comes to uh, women than it is for men. Uh, so I would like to, you know, quote a small instance that happened with me when I was uh, set out to start my own venture. Okay. Um, I happened to visit one of uh, um, chartered one chartered accountant, um, basically to have some help on, you know, how should I be planning my finances and, uh, you know, the company's finances and things like that. So uh, now this was uh, back in 2015 when I, uh, you know, when I was looking at starting it. So he kind of uh, looked at me and he said, oh, uh, are you going to do it, start your own company? Uh, do you think that you really want to do it or uh, would you rather join some organization back? I was like, okay, now I want to do it. I mean, now I will do it. So this is what happens. And this is, sometimes women have to look at it or go through this. However, I feel that there are positives also. There are some opportunities as well of uh, being a woman in the ma- in, in the man's world. We deal with um, uh, a little less pressure, is what I feel. So for a woman, uh, it would be a little easier to leave a high-paying job and start someone on her something on her own, as compared to what it would be for her husband. Now imagine if my husband was to leave. His job and start his own venture. He would feel uh, pressure, which would be far larger than what I felt. So mm-hmm. I think that mm-hmm. that is something that works in our favor. Also, people never expect anything great out of us when you know when we are set out or to start uh, something on their own. Uh, so so it, it, even if we achieve something, it's a big deal because you never, anyways, expected anything out of me. So might as well make the most of that, uh, uh, you know, that kind of uh, space that you are in. I feel when you do not have anything to lose, it's the best thing or it's the best uh, it's the best zone to be in. And challenges, there are far too many and they will always be challenges. However, there are opportunities as well. And uh, I feel it's better to focus on those because it's the, the challenges are not, uh, you know, it's not worth just looking at them.
0: Right, right. Excellent, excellent. So um, what is your professional advice that you want to give young women who will be tuning into the show, who are are working uh, in today's times?
1: So uh, Harsha, honestly, I believe that young is just a number. You know, young is just a number. It has got nothing to do with how old you are or it has got nothing to do with how you look. Young is a mindset. And in our company, I'll just give you a quick example is that we have people who have started our career, who have started their career with us. Okay. And we also have people or women who have started their second careers with us.
0: Excellent.
1: So I would say that there is, uh, you know, there is I, one thing I would like to tell uh, uh, all the women and not only young uh, women is that uh, just go for it. There is no age. Uh, to begin anything that you wish to do, uh, you know, you just need to start.
0: Outstanding. Fantastic. Fantastic. So great, Prachi. So, uh, Prachi, we will end the segments with um, a very quick, fun QA. Uh, you're not being given too much of a time there. It needs to be very quick and impromptu. Prachi, three words that best describe you
1: confident, fun, and optimistic.
0: Awesome. What's your superpower? Being a mom. <laughs> excellent. <laughs> What's your favorite movie character?
1: Okay, it has to be Harry Potter.
0: Oh, excellent. Does your uh, your daughter also like Harry Potter?
1: Uh, yeah, both of us are avid fans of J.K. Rowling.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Great. If you could be one person for a day, what would it be?
1: Okay, actually, I'm extremely happy being me. However, I can, I don't mind being a unicorn by for a day.
0: Excellent. All right. Um, something about you that people would like to know.
1: Okay. Uh, that I have uh, acted in a stage play.
0: Excellent. All right. Do you have any hidden talents? Not really. Mm-hmm. What do you do in your spare time?
1: I love to read. I love to watch good content. I like to um, travel. I like to visit uh, new places.
0: Excellent. Okay. What's the one thing that you want to say to HR leaders um, to be successful in their field?
1: One thing, it has to be EQ. That is something that will set you apart. Excellent. So, yes, I think
0: EQ, fantastic. Fantastic! I should give you a small snippet here. Um, mm-hmm. When I was working for Yum Restaurants, um, I had a, a regional field HR, um, and she said, "Harsha, did you check your EQ ever?" I said, uh, "You know, ma'am, I I, the, I, I, this is the first time I'm hearing about EQ. Though, of course, I, I heard about EQ, but there is always something else, you know, a sympathetic." approach that we have to do but what why do you want me to do eq then she said emotional quotient is extremely important for every working professional and then uh, she she gave me a link um where online you can just go and do a survey and then it will give you your uh, eq quotient and you know it was and i immediately took it to understand what it is and there's no looking back i think it, you know i've been a better person after that actually so great so
1: honestly honestly yes and especially you asked me for hr professionals i think that's that's the most important thing that we all should be looking at uh, you know as 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 individuals
0: absolutely a full thumbs up for eq for working professionals totally totally agree to it so prachi we have come to an end of uh, this uh, this episode today thank you so so much uh, for joining me today uh, in this episode, discussing you, yourself, your journey uh, from the way you, you, know, from the day you've born to whatever you are today. Phenomenal um, journey, Prachi. It's been truly motivational and inspiring when I was hearing, you know, when I'm hearing you talk. And I'm sure all the listeners who would tune into the episode would also resonate and have something simple to implement um, in their piece of work and in their piece of life as well. Thank you so much,
1: Prachi. Thanks a lot, Harsha. Thank you so much for having me on your show. And uh, very happy uh, to have had such a lovely conversation with you. And wish you all the best uh, for all your upcoming podcasts. And I'm going to uh, follow you very soon.
0: (laughs) Thank you. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Bye. I just love the story of Prachi and her tenacity and willpower to establish ripple at the time she faced gender stereotyping with a chartered accountant she met for financial suggestions. And I really appreciate her for sharing that. Prachi is a rare leader who can look out of the horizon with a crystal clear vision on what needs to be done, the determination, and the resolve to make it happen. She was able to succeed with Ripple because she was able to bring her team with her on a larger mission to make clients happy with customized solutions. As leaders, we should look out for people who can put their heads, hands, and heart into the job as people come to work as, hey, it's just a job. It's not a job, it's a calling, a passion, something which you want in life. One must come in with optimism, with a sense of I can do it, with a sense of I will do it and get people with you to get it done, just like the way Prachi ensured her team and her did with Ripple, which has become a cozy sanctuary away from the home for all of them. I also echo the way Prachi handled her personal and professional life while creating Ripple, and the need of having a strong family support system i'm sure all the women would also resonate with the opinion on women having financial independence rachi continues to lead with a sense of purpose only now she is looking to address workplace mechanics post omicron and inspire women leaders by sharing her experiences balancing career marriage and family hey thanks for listening to single mom leaders with Harshvardhan. And check out the other episodes and ensure to rate and write a review too feel free to write to me to the email address given in the episode description